Welcome to Dividend Talk, podcast episode 11. Our top 5 portfolio holdings. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dividend Talk. I'm your co-host European DJI and today I'm, as always, joined with Engineer My Freedom. This is a podcast where we discuss our passion for dividend growth investing with our own unique European flavor. If you're new to this channel, please hit the like button, subscribe to us and hit the notification bell. It means really the world to us. Also check out our previous episodes on YouTube and Spotify or on one of your other favorite platforms. See you on the inside. Hey EMF, another week has passed again. How are you doing, buddy? Good, good. Busy, busy week of work as usual. Um, same as you, I know, because you've been pretty quiet on on Twitter. I couldn't contact you for about three days. I was getting a little bit worried, but how are you doing? <laughs> uh, same here. Um, I think the vacations have finished at work, so it's really busy at the moment. People have lots of new ideas to do stuff. I work in IT, so stuff means new new projects. But hey, uh, the chimney needs to smoke, right? It's yeah. uh, COVID nineteen, so I can't complain. I've got work, so yeah, we're, we're we're quite lucky. Sometimes we might not feel it in the moment when you're working sixty hour weeks, but yeah, we are quite lucky. So, Definitely. um, so moving on to the news, have you have you have you seen that? Have you even had time to look at that this week? Yes, because I'm still addicted to my smartphone. So even if I'm in bed, I'm at least checking the news. Um, actually, more than the stock market uh, this week. But um, yeah, for me, the news was that United Airlines wants to cut almost 3,000 pilot jobs uh, if the U.S. government doesn't provide more more aid. And for me, the airlines are becoming new kinds of bankers. Like I said, sometimes in the past, bankers are like wankers. But um, for me, the airline stocks are becoming like this because, I mean, how 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 do they have the audacity to even 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 talk like this, right? They were bailed out by the government, and effectively they're putting the knife on the throat of the of the um, uh, of the of the governors and such, saying like, hey, we will put these people all on the street if you don't give us money. Yeah, but at the same time, they had their bonuses and everything. And then the CEO wrote uh, an email also to their employees, and they want to show that they are such strong leaders in tough times. Yeah, but in the end, he's the one that's on his seat and uh, doesn't have any issues. And all those pilots that are being fired, I mean, what are you going to do when you're a pilot? What will your next job be? Yeah. yeah if there are no, no planes in the air, they're just jobless. And if you're at an older age, it means like, you can hold your hand up, yeah, in, in the worst case. So I totally don't have empathy for the CEO at the moment and what's happening there in America with the airlines. And, and it's just for me unbelievable. And I hope that uh, U.S. citizens stand up against such kind of uh, ultimate worst kind of capitalism. Yeah, it's, it, like, it's those at the bottom, really, that always always seem to suffer. It actually reminds me of a song. There's, there's an Irish song that we have, Christy Moore, called Ordinary Man. If you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's it's pretty much about what you said there. Um, little guy 
spending years and years at a company and when they get to that old age they'll just let go ceos they'll be sitting rich and, and i mean I, i'm with you it's it's look it's sad you can see from a company point of view i mean they probably are struggling a little bit they may or may not need to be bailed out either way there's going to be jobs lost i would imagine um so it's it's not look it's not nice times and i'd feel sorry as as you for anyone that's a little bit older on a pilot where, where do they yeah. go next might be too late to retrain so hopefully hopefully it won't come to that and and people keep their jobs my, my issue is mainly just with the leadership yeah mm -hmm. it's not so much about the ceo itself uh, or, this, or being a ceo and, and it's about leadership yeah giving examples yeah and not just by writing and and, and talking to people's kind of united airlines patriotism no it is about really really having leading by example yeah and, yeah. and that's what i see missing and then asking for you know we will fire them if, if the government doesn't provide us any aid it's for me it's it's, it's just blackmailing yeah, yeah it's, it's like dangling meat at the end of a line isn't it it's just yeah it's it's, it's not right unethical um yeah. And I, like you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree. Leaving by an example is is what they should be doing, and cuts should be across the whole board, not just, yeah, not just the the guys down on the floor, as they say. Yeah. How about you? Do you have some more uh, cheerful news? <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much cheerful. I suppose one thing that stood out for me this week was um, Exxon Mobil being dropped from the Dow Jones, which was pretty big, considering I think they were the oldest. In, in that index. So it was a pretty big move to dump them out. I think it all came from Apple splitting their shares and being underweight in the tech industry. But they've also been dumped from a major fund called Storebrand. I think they're a, are they Danish or Norwegian. Somebody might correct me on that, but they're, they're Scandinavian fund and they've dumped them because they are lobbying against climate change. So mm -hmm. it's funny that we were just talking about ethics there and I suppose I'm in I'm in a WhatsApp group in Ireland, FY WhatsApp group, and last week there was lots of conversations about ethics and ethical investing, and it, it just seems to be a topic that that maybe worries a a conversation on its own, but it's, it's certainly coming up more and more within investors, um, and we're starting to see at least some reaction, and and will companies that are going against that like Exxon will they be punished more in the future? So. It's something that I've we've spoke about briefly before, but something yeah. I'm going to keep a, a little bit more of a closer eye on, and and maybe more ethical in, investing, maybe the way forward. And yeah. the se the second piece then that that kind of stood out there was an article by I think it's DJ Thomas, so it's accumulated wealth is the name of the blog, but it's it it stemmed from I suppose the the Fed basically stating that they're happy if. In, inflation rates increase. So before they wanted to keep the inflation under 2%, and now they've conceded that it's been too long for so long that they're happy for increases. So we're probably going to see inflation increasing to maybe 2, 2.5, 3% in the near future. And he has an interesting take on it on his blog and what investors should do and what type of stocks mm -hmm. that will do well in an inflationary environment, such as value stocks will outperform growth stocks. Yeah. Um, all laid on, and, and he has an interesting take then on, on bonds. Before bonds used to be the, the way to go, um, but the blog is kind of saying that that's kind of outdated now, and it's it's probably not yeah. a good strategy. So, 
it's a, it's, it's, it's an article worth checking out, uh, I suppose. But they, they were the two, they were the two things that stood out for me this week. Mm-hmm. Well, I find specifically uh, the first is Exxon. I mean, what can I say? Uh, we'll talk maybe later a little bit about that. Um, but the uh, the second one I find really interesting, and sometimes I have a feeling that these are kind of like dead cat bounces, yeah, from from the Federal Reserve. Yeah, I think they're really at the end of their their I said recession playbook. They are now effectively buying the stock market, so you cannot even talk anymore about a or speak anymore about a free market if if the Fed has such a big handle in it. So. And and I'm a big fan of Ray Dalio, and who was saying that we're at the end of the debt cycle. And yeah, I'm not too optimistic about it. But hey, that's uh, investing, right? Uh, um, we can play this. Uh, we can play on this. Yeah, we don't need to be out of the market. We can just play on this. And yeah, let's see what it does. I think uh, in the end we need population growth, but the planet is too small for that. So inflation will be a struggle generally. Yeah, it, uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting end to the year, I suppose, and how they're going to tackle this. I'm not quite sure yet, but yeah. I'm sure we're going to see inflation raise across the board in, in the US and maybe in Europe too and, and mm-hmm. the UK. So I, I, I'm expecting it, but it's just trying to evaluate then how I'm actually going to play that is, is supposed yeah. the question in my mind. Yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting. Hey, let's go to our main topic uh, from today. So maybe for the listeners, we decided today to have a topic about our five biggest portfolio holdings. Um, I personally get uh, quite often some questions in general about uh, the holdings. So I thought that, you know, let's let's just share the top five holdings, give a little bit of uh, the size of that in our portfolio, why it is like that. So EMF, would you like to start? Um, I'm very interested in what your top five uh, holdings are. Yeah, of course. So my top, top holding is AT&T. And I think I spoke about this before that they held over over 10% of my portfolio. So they actually hold 12.63%, which is which is quite high. And it's, it's not something that I'm, I'm totally comfortable with, but it is a consequence of being in the accumulation stage and, and investing monthly. So we're going to get little skills like this every now and again. But they are the, the top, the top holding. And then going down the list, we have Realty Income, we have Altera, ADP, and, and 3M. So they're all, one thing you'd probably notice with the, with the top three anyway, is that they're high-yielding companies, mm-hmm. AT&T, Realty Income, and, and Altera. So they're, they're very high-yield high, high yield companies, and it's probably what attracted me. I, I picked up most of these in my early stages, I suppose, of, of this investment journey. And as you know, that I'm, I'm going through each company that, as much as I can at the moment and, and trying to, to weed out who I don't like. So at the, at the moment, I have yet to go through them in detail, in as much detail as I like. So maybe in six months' time, when I have my whole portfolio done, I might try and change them weightings. But at the moment, I'm quite happy that, that they're all good stocks. Um, I'm surprised with 3M. I'm actually quite surprised that Johnson & Johnson were not there because I, I speak about them a lot. I thought I had more of their shares, mm-hmm. but they seem to be someone I talk about a lot. And then when it comes to buying, I buy somebody else. <laughs> I don't know why. So, but um, yeah. it's something I might want to change. But I mean, they're, they're, they're decent, decent stocks for me. I, I suppose they take up total 36% of, of my portfolio, which is, which is not bad. 
I have 40 stocks in my portfolio, which I'm trying to whittle down to 30. So maybe that that position will probably grow over the next the next few weeks, next few months. But the interesting the interesting point of this is I also did the dividend weight, so the percentage of dividend weight compared to the percentage of holdings, and I find mm-hmm. that quite quite an interesting angle. And look, there's no surprise AT and T were our top, they're sixteen point three seven percent of my overall dividend, and all tier and and realty income make up the top three, just like to make up the top three of my stocks. But what what kind of interested me a little bit more was that. Uh, British American Tobacco and uh, Lydell, is it Vaseline Industries, they are fourth and fifth, even though in my overall portfolio, they, they are eight and 10 position based on portfolio weight. So it's, it, it's interesting to see who no, what, who's paying me my dividends and how much of my dividends. And those five companies make up nearly 50%, 47% of, of my of my um dividends paid so it's it's quite skewed to those companies so it's it's something that i'll definitely have to even out a little bit more over over time do you also for instance uh, because at&t is 16 percent of your dividend income and also 12 percent of your mm. uh, uh, total portfolio do you also then pay special attention to at&t is it for instance the first one that you look into when there's news or something like that how do you yeah. manage that yeah, they, they they are certainly certainly the first one that I check nearly every week at this stage, just just to see any news. I suppose if there is a cut to their dividend, or it's going to have a massive impact on my portfolio. So as I said, it's it's more of a consequence of of investing monthly and and in the accumulation stage. But I'm still not quite comfortable with them being sixteen percent of my my portfolio. I'm not going to sell any shares. There's no reason to sell them. But I do want to catch up. I do want to invest in companies that I haven't tried and, and spread out that a little bit more. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's I'm not I'm not I'm not totally comfortable with it to be honest. And it's it's something that I have tracked on my tracker. I use a G Street G Sheets tracker, and I have it there. I have two columns, and I have percentage. I've highlighted my top five on both, but I never really paid too much attention until we do something like this, and when. It, when I was going through it today and I seen 16%, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's too much. It's too high. So it's something that I have to definitely have to rectify. What I also find interesting is you really earn a lot of dividends with tobacco. So I believe British American tobacco is probably a, a recent position from you, right? If I understood it. I have, I have them. I had shares in them before. So yeah. I had, I can't remember, 10, 15 shares, but I've added, I've added, more since so i have added a good bit more since um and i i sent you i sent you an interesting message i don't know if you got to read it on twitter the other day again from i was talking about the ethical we're talking about ethics in the yeah. fi irish group and this was one that that came up and i know you struggle with this and but it was quite interesting to say that they were more ethical than Amazon based on how they treat employees and how they treat the overall structure. Yeah. It, it was it was an interesting interesting argument. They're not arguing for discussion that, that they had there. But I suppose you can you can you can call nearly every company unethical if you dig deep enough and, and, and pull so yeah. But well, at least you get a lot of money uh, paid by people that smoke because that makes up together sixteen uh, percent of your uh, dividend income as well. So it's really interesting. Yeah, it, it it is, but it, but again, it's 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 
something that again that i don't really want lockdown mm-hmm. i mean you don't yeah. want to have 16 percent of a certain industry especially yeah. an industry like smoking you, you don't want yeah. that so yeah. I, I have some i have some work to do yeah so okay so this is your current top five so you mentioned that in the beginning you were probably more focused on high yield here I, I i also mentioned that you're now doing a lot of portfolio analysis to see if you need to rebalance and you just mentioned Johnson & Johnson you would like to see in the top five. Is there anything else missing that you would like to see in the top five? Yeah, I mean, I'd like some more consumer staples in there. And Denone is probably one that's sticking out to me because of the last couple of weeks, I really like them a lot. So yeah, I, I do, Johnson Johnson, I want some healthcare and Denone definitely in there. Um, and then from there, I'm, I'm happy enough then with, I'm happy enough with Realty Income, maybe one, Altier or British Tobacco, one of them as I don't mind mm-hmm. one stock in there, but, but certainly not two. Um, but yeah, Denone and Johnson Johnson are two that I, I'm definitely probably going to build up a little bit more. Cool. Good. Very interesting, I find this. And it's really, um, it's actually a really nice, nice exercise to do, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Because if we didn't have this, I, I, I would not have done this exercise and probably happily just along so it, yeah. it's good it's now forcing me to look at at my portfolio and say okay this is this is not right or this this needs to change so it's um i'm glad we've actually we've actually done it this week yeah yes i i use i i actually check this quite often yeah my top five because i want to understand what i own and where my risks are in the portfolio and i think royal dutch shells dividend cut was was one of those examples uh, yeah. where i knew it and where I kind of felt that it could come, but at least um, um, I made a conscious decision to be it like there, right? Uh, yeah. Didn't give as a surprise to my portfolio. Yeah, I, su- I suppose to, to analyze my portfolio, I was using the beta, so I was, I was just trying to get a quick snapshot of my overall mm-hmm. portfolio and how how volatile I'd expect it to be. So I was I was using the beta, which is which is okay. Mm-hmm. But I can see now that it's obviously not enough because I've I've not diversified enough, and I, I do some I do some portfolio attribution as well. And look, I knew yeah. I knew I knew there were some there were some issues that I had to address. But this is just kind of compounding it for me and just staring me in the face, saying, "Okay, yeah. you need to need to do something." Yeah. Cool. So that's that's my top five. How about how about yours? I, I'm expecting yours yeah. to be more of a European, <laughs> European flavor. Well, don't hold your breath. Um, <laughs> so my top five uh, makes up around 36, 37% uh, of my portfolio. I believe I've got like 35 or 36 companies in my portfolio. So again, it's here uh, like like yours, a small amount of companies really make up uh, high value of my portfolio. And this is also because I'm in the accumulation phase. Um, I typically wait until companies dip and then I, I, I buy a lot of them, let's say in, in, in several months. So my top company is Microsoft uh, with 9.4%. Um, I bought it at the time at around $44, $45. And, and I, I just really regret that I didn't buy more at the time because I think I have a yield and cost of almost four or five person now. I remember them buying, uh, adding more at 80. Um, and then, yeah, now it's a bit higher with uh, 200. So if you look at my, the money I put in 
and and to it just grew to this position really rapidly because the tech stocks and that's also with my third i will soon go back to the second but my third is apple i bought apple uh, at around 130 135 dollars i think i own 20 shares or something like that but yeah now grew to 500 dollars yeah so straight away 10k so with that it became my third position with 6.8 uh, percent uh, my second position is a European company. It's uh, Ahold, Ahold Delhaize. It's the, the supermarket chain in the Netherlands, Belgium, but it is also, uh, it's also earning a lot from the United States. It's around 7.4%. And that's a company that I'm really proud of that uh, it's in my top holdings because I, I just love this company. Uh, on the fourth position, it's Unilever at 6.5%. I would love still this to be bigger. So I'm waiting uh, until it gets uh, below 45. For me, Unilever below 45 is the same as uh, AT&T below 30. And then my fifth position is Apfi with 6.4%. And here my uh, average cost is around $70 or 67. I bought it uh, as a value play. Uh, when was it two years ago or something like that? And that makes up my top five. And I'm actually quite happy with this top five to tech stocks. Although you could say Apple is more like consumer stock than pure tech. And then I've got a staple, uh, two staples and, and, a, and a pharma. So um, it is not designed to be my top five like this. So if you would go to my uh, blog and then you go to my uh, allocation strategy, you see also more Johnson & Johnson in there, 3M in there. But, you know, those companies haven't given me lots of opportunities yet to uh, buy at a reasonable price, at a fair price. Yeah, so um, although Johnson & Johnson is probably on place seven or eight for me, um, I wish it to be bigger. And I've got a few, few more of those companies. Um, then when I look at actually my dividend income, that looks totally different. So... If you look at my top five of dividend income, which makes up 40%, 9.6% uh, of my dividend comes from Omega Healthcare Investors. It's a stock that I once bought because it was popular in the DGI community. And I, I mean, I have no clue about this company, really. I mean, I know they, uh, they support uh, the old nursing facilities for old people in America, and they have a little bit in the UK. Of course, I studied it, but um, I can't claim here the Peter Lynch card. So it is really based on the data. Um, but I have no feeling for the company further. The second one is ExxonMobil, 9.5%, which is the 10th place in my portfolio. Um, uh, let's say uh, from, from position size. Upfee is then third. Uh, Dutch Shell, Royal Dutch Shell, uh, fourth with 7%, and Bayer, fifth with 6%. So it just shows that. Uh, most of my top five in my portfolio is also being brought up by the, the market rally. That's why they came up in the top five. And the other top five are just more the high yielders. But in portfolio value, they are the lower position uh, in my portfolio. And actually, I'm okay with this, that the high yielders are, are part of it. Uh, of course, the oil industry is a little bit, uh, I see it, uh, under, um, under an, um, sit under suspic suspicion, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't intend to grow it further, and I'm still at 25% of my portfolio size from where I want it to be. Yes, yeah, so I still need to invest 75% to get to my kind of fire uh, uh, target. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting makeup you have, and and 
are all the top five are they all tier one companies in no uh, well microsoft is ahold is apple is unilever is but upfee not and when i look at the uh, dividend income there none of them are tier one none yeah. of them because I, I was I was quite surprised with with Abley. I, I would have guessed maybe the top four were included, but I don't recall you ever even mentioning Abley. Maybe you have, but so I was quite surprised to see them in there. Um, and what, what, why would you pick them? I suppose as because have you has that come I'm from feeling. growth? Yeah, has that come from growth or? I know that like, your Microsoft and Apple have have, have grown. To yeah, Apple as well because. Um, you know, it was a really value play. I mean, people thought that their uh, major drug, um, what's called Limbra, um, would suddenly disappear because of biosimilars. Now, one thing that I know about pharma uh, industry is that biosimilars are really, really hard to produce. Mm. And I also know that the big pharma companies are really having strong legal, legal teams. And I know how reimbursement goes. It's just a war zone of, of lawyers uh, fighting each other to to disqualify the other person's research or the other company's research. So all these things are in delay. So the yeah. company was overreacting. I could pick them up uh, between, I think I bought them between 60 and $70. Okay. And I straight away went into my full position size there, what I what I uh, think Appy uh, could be. And it's a, it's a tier three company for me. It is now full position. And that was just like once in a once in a decade opportunity to buy buy this company. So hey, why not? Yeah, good 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 spot. And in terms of your dividend, I suppose that the highest that you have is Omega, which is nearly ten percent. Is is that the max that you'd like to go, or is it too high? Or typically uh, at the moment, I don't really care because I'm in accumulation. But you need to know that I had three hundred shares in it. Yeah, and then it went to forty. I sold hundred shares, so I have still two hundred shares in it and now it is a full position size so i leave it like that so i bought a little bit more than i actually wanted to be at the time because it was also really a value play but i sold then 100 shares and and, and with that sacrifice some dividends and re reinvested elsewhere oh, that, it, it went too big for me and I, I i like i told you i don't know the company well enough so i didn't want it to stay that big yeah is that something that you typically do then is over i know you have your full position but would you overbuy in that position if it is a value pay to typically sell yeah. someone? If it's a no-brainer, yes. If yeah. it's a no-brainer, I could do that. And I remember then at that time when I buy, it's it might be a full position size, but if it then doubles, it becomes twice as much as I wanted. And then I really think like, okay, is this correct? Is is, is this still fair value or is or not? And then I, I might trim things because it doesn't need to be so big for me. Um, I, I know exactly what my target uh, value should be there, also related to the dividend income that I expect from it. Yeah. And if it's way above that, I, I usually just sell it and, and reallocate elsewhere to, to, to really go to this balanced portfolio. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really good concept. And look, it's probably something we will discuss on an episode by itself, but it's, I'm definitely interested to hear more about that. It's interesting. Interesting to me anyway. So what I would like to just say to our listeners, right? Uh, if you haven't done yet, do this exercise for yourself. Just check out what are your top five portfolio holdings and how much do they make up altogether? Because you might be surprised that suddenly you have also like EMF and I 40% just by five companies out of 30 or something like that. And I would say those are the companies 
that really require your attention because if you are sensitive, for instance, to how the value uh, increases or decreases, I mean, that's where your sweat money is in, right? All your hard-earned money is in those stocks. So it, 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 for me, it is really important to at least keep really focus on those five then and follow the news if you because um, you might otherwise pay a lot of attention to stocks that you don't even own but would love to own. But that sounds a little bit to me like sometimes like Pennywise pound foolish, I think the British say. Yeah. So I would recommend for everyone to just do this on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And as I said, it's not something I would have done before we decided to do this topic and I'm glad we've done it. And it's, it's probably something I'm going to put in my calendar now to do on a more quarterly basis to to really focus in on this. And as I said, having a large amount in one company, which which might surprise you, you might have a bigger position than, than you realize. It, it, it's certainly uncomfortable for me. So I'm sure there's one or two listeners that might fall in the same boat. So definitely, definitely yeah. recommend giving it a go. Cool. So let's close out this section and uh, uh, go to the next part of our uh, uh, podcast. I believe we have some listeners' questions. Yeah, we do. And, and I, I got one today on Twitter from a guy called Michael Griffin. And he he listened to our last podcast and he was quite interested in, in Danone. And we know we've mentioned it before, but his question was how to recoup taxes from the French government. And I kind of said to him, like I haven't done it yet, so I'm not 100% sure, but I know you're going to go through that process and you've probably looked into it a little bit more. So I said, I'd ask you live on air, <laughs> see, see how we actually go about that or if you have any advice for him. Yeah, what I will do is probably, because this is not not easy, but um, I found an article the other day which describes it a little bit. So it, show, it provides the link to where to recoup it and how to do it it seems to be a rather slow process um i'm not sure actually whether you need to know any french or whether they also support it in english so i cannot because i didn't went through it myself but uh, to help him answer that question i will uh, share the link to that article that i found or to the to the french website where it's written down so that he can do it because it is important indeed if you uh, invest in the French companies, um, your broker probably takes 30% of dividend, while as a foreigner, you only need to pay 12.8%, right? So you want to get that, uh, what is it, uh, 22% or, uh, or something like that back. Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry, uh, 18%, you want to get that back. Yeah. In order, it, it... And it's probably it's probably something that was putting me off for a while was investing in French companies like the Nona was was having to go through this process and not really understanding or I suppose didn't really look into it a whole lot. But it was after conversations with you and mm-hmm. I bite the bullet and I, I will pursue it myself. But that's that's going to be this time next year. I've only a small position in them at the moment, so I know you. I know you're planning on going through it and going to write your own blog post on it. So I'll, I'll very much look forward to that. But I suppose if you if you put up that link, it would be helpful to to Michael and maybe yeah, others. I'll do that. Cool. Yeah, and then yeah. we had we had a second question then from from Kaylin. Look, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. That's our name. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, he's asked us a couple of questions. We know who you are. Pretty I love Europe for all the names. It's uh, <laughs> Salin or Kaylin. Uh, your name is really hard. And one day you need to record yourself and just show us how you 
pronounce it because I don't feel good about the fact that we cannot pronounce your name properly. And that's why I love Europe because only in Europe, we all struggle with names. I live in Poland. I can give you some names and it's just really hard to pronounce anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but I suppose uh, Gaden's question was, what what's your thoughts on Inditex, sort of the parent of Zara and Berkshire and BMW? Yeah. Would you like to start? I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about the company beforehand. Um, Zara, I'm obviously aware of. I, I shop there, buy my blazers, buy my shirts in Zara and Berkshire. And I know they, they own some other good companies like Pull and Bear. But other than that, I wasn't really aware of them. So I just had a quick scan of, of their financial overview of, of their metrics, key metrics, and they, they look okay, I suppose. that The dividend was 3.4%, which seems decent enough. I mentioned before, I mentioned to you just before that the PE ratio was 22. I'm not sure if that is expensive or not expensive. I don't know the industry. Um, I suppose my only concern with a company like this in retail is retail are going to have a massive impact with COVID and how's that going to play i'm not quite sure how their online presence is do they have you know, like i don't know if you're aware but next in the uk and ireland they have a very very good online presence you order something before 12 o'clock you have it the next day so i'm, I'm not quite sure how how zara is the same yeah they're really that's, strong that's, in that yeah yeah so that, that's the one thing I, I was kind of concerned about but if if they're online i'd be a little bit more confident in them going forward because i i'd imagine that's that's the way forward for companies like this. Yeah. yeah. So I I, I, I I told him actually via Twitter as well that I looked into this company in the past, uh, actually, Spanish, I believe. Uh, I just didn't remember anymore. It was called Inditex because at that moment I was inspired uh, by Peter Lynch. So I started to look at companies that I know. So I, that's why, why I came to Zara and looked it up at the time. I remember that I liked the stock uh, or, 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 or the company and such. I believe I found it overvalued at the time. I just did, like you, a little bit of a check. I also saw that they cut the dividend uh, from 2019. So that would already um, uh, let me look at the other side. Uh, but other than that, their financials look pretty okay. Um, I would need to do more research on it. Um, but like I said, they cut the dividend. So probably I would look at others first. But I think when from a screener point of view, all, all the rest looked quite okay. So. I would I would say this is a company there to stay, Sarah. If I also see like like you mentioned around online price presence, they have a really strong one. Their their brand power is really strong. I mean, I'm I'm also a person who goes a lot to Zara. It's just easy value for money. Um, I'm just afraid that it's not made by Spanish children but by Chinese children. But that comes back to ethical investing again. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it sparks my interest, but not really as a dividend uh, growth stock. But I actually find the second part of the question much more interesting, BMW, because I'm not investing in car companies. I, I invested in General Motors in the past. It was really a value play at that time. It was on a six uh, PE, high dividend yield. But, you know, it didn't go anywhere for three years. So I sold it again. And I started to learn more about by having that position in General Motors, I started to really look more into the um, into the uh, car industry. And for me, it's just cyclical. I mean, when there is a crisis, nobody buys a new car, postpones it. Um, so as a dividend growth investor, 
uh, investing in car manufacturers just doesn't fit my profile. I don't know any manufacturer that I would like to own as a dividend growth investor. Yeah, I would say I'm very, very cyclical. And, and I suppose if you're going to get in, it's probably when recessions are when people are not buying cars and they'll be at a, an all-time low because yeah. look, when, when nobody has money, I suppose a new car is the, the last thing on your mind. So yeah. I, I don't own any car companies. I haven't even looked into them. Um, so I'm like that, but it, it is interesting that they 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 own BMW as well. I would never put pair that together. Yeah, I love BMW. By the way, driving it. Do you drive a BMW? Not anymore, but I had one, and I loved it. Good cars. Yeah, great cars. I, I never I never had one. More of a Land Rover kind of guy, but BMW. <laughs> I will pull you away. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Salim, uh, for asking these questions. You really made us think, and uh, I love that. Yeah. So let's go then now to our favorite uh, section of the week, the stock picks. What's your favorite? Uh, uh, what's your stock pick for the week? So I'm going to be really, really boring again, and it's the exact same as last week. It's it's Danone. I suppose we've discussed them maybe on two or three episodes here, so I don't really have much else to add to it other than they're really good price at the moment. I think even from where I, I I bought some last week or the week before, they dropped another one or two percent. So I'm probably going to dip back in again, maybe at the start of next week. So they are they are on my list, and I'm really interested to hear your stock pick. Um, I, I actually my stock pick is a really interesting one, and uh, what I would like to do with this uh, stock is actually the same as Ian Lopoch uh, does, uh, and 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 also Russ from Depa Dividend started to do. They started to buy every week a stock, and I think uh, for Ian Lopoch it's uh, Starbucks, for Russ it is uh, Pepsi, and they just do this every week just to get into this rhythm. So I'm going to also do this with this stock. I'm. I'm going now every week to, uh, uh, to pick up some shares. And my stock pick for the week is also Danone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, around 55 euros. Uh, it's just too hard to ignore. So I thought, like, okay, you know, what to do with it? Because uh, um, I'm also looking at other stuff. And I thought, like, you know what? I don't need to every time take, let's say, um, more. I can just do it every week. And I like that idea of every week, let's say, take two, three stocks of it and uh, just accumulate over the remainder of the year. So I'm going to do the same with them with Danone. Interesting. It's an interesting strategy as well, isn't it? Buying, buying stocks every single week. It's, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I'd, like, I'd love to compare the data and see how it compares. But, it, um, but, but you're dead right. Like 55 euros is, is too hard. I think they were nearly 50, 53, 54, 53. So yeah. it's too hard to ignore at the moment. Yeah, and I'm just going to do it for the fun. The, for me, uh, Danone around these uh, around these prices, I can almost buy blindly. I've done yeah. my homework, and yeah. yeah. Very good. Cool. So I hope we inspired others as well with our boring stock pick of the week. But um, yeah, I hope it uh, creates lots of wealth in the future. Me too. Now that brings us to the end of the show. Um, yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, EMF had a great time again talking to you. Uh, you should really one time do really in a pub, yeah, after COVID, with a pint. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, and, and I suppose last week we had, had the quiz as well, which, which went, it was lots of fun. 
you meet some people and you get to chat about stocks but i suppose one of the things feedback that came back was that they enjoyed the youtube videos that maybe some of the listeners on our podcast spotify won't see on our youtube we do have slides we put up the slides of our stock picks and the metrics around them and we probably put up slides with our portfolio holdings and stuff like that so if if there's something that you need more clarification on we have chapters in the youtube channel as well you can just go straight to that after listening you'll probably see a little slide on it or or go to our blogs or contact us on twitter and we'll send it on but we, we always put put images there as well to, to support what we're talking about just to to help you along but 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 other than that that's it's, it's been super quick had fun again can't believe i can't believe well, 45 five minutes gone gone in gone in an act so i had had fun thanks a million to all our listeners thanks to you edgi edgi great as always and we'll see you all next week